Welcome inside the studio on Friday afternoon. Tanner Hoops along with Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal. The hours always seem to get so much longer on a Friday afternoon. You're almost there. We're almost to the weekend. Dropping the puck tonight on some college hockey. I know you're back on the draw <laughs> after how long. And, man, it's going to feel good to get back out. Oh, it's it's very much so. I, I haven't been at a hockey game in two months. Things are finally secure back in the newspaper, so I'm able to do that. I've been waiting for this. I missed out on the Tolvanen goal last week, mm-hmm. and that just tore me up inside. So hopefully he'll score again at some point this weekend or something really cool happened. Like, I don't know, Craighead, you know, fires a shot behind his head and mm-hmm. it manages to go in or something like that. I don't know. It, something needs to make up for that. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun night. How about that goal last week? Because that happened just a few hours after you were last on. We haven't had the chance to discuss it yet. Ate Tolvanen scores on an empty net. A goalie goal, first time in Northern history that that's happened. What well, was it only the second time in the WCHA? WCHA and, a, and 11 overall in all of college hockey. I mean, that's unbelievable. And only the fourth time that actually came where a guy shot it. You know, usually the goals that get counted for goalies are, you know, like it went off them. They were the last person to touch mm-hmm. the puck, whereas Ate actually got the puck and shot it by down the net. He tried that once already against Bowling Green, and uh, it, as he joked and said, it shot it about five feet wide of the net. So he goes, this time I wanted to make sure it went in. And it literally went right down the center of the ice. So I think it was probably because he got a clear look at it. I think when Bowling Green, he said he th- saw an opening and kind of went for it whereas here one tech's defense was almost non-existent near mm-hmm. him and it, oh, well i'm sorry their extra attacker offense was no like he had this wide open area around him i don't know how you have six guys out there and can't be by the goalie but uh it was just it was a perfect thing and everybody loved it and uh, it's been tweeted and pointed on facebook so many times and nca hockey somehow didn't manage to include it in its top five plays mm-hmm. of the week but it's trying to make up for it by keeping talking about it and it's just like you know you guys messed up don't try to pretend don't patronize the man for scoring a goal <laughs> as a goaltender by being like oh this guy's save was better than the, the guy scoring a goal now he got wch a goaltender of the week no surprise there mm-hmm. and like i joked on twitter earlier this month and it's like does he already have it wrapped up goaltender mm-hmm. of the month he might have done it without the goal yeah, yeah you could you could make the case like some guy could say make four shutouts in the month and just be like, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And Tolvanen can just say, I scored a goal. I automatically trump whatever you did. <laughs> oh, you had, you made four straight shutouts. No, no, no. Yeah. I did five. <laughs> you know? And it, so it's, I, I think he already has the case and the month isn't even over yet. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a cool thing. I was watching it on my full sports account while it happened and, uh, just, the place went nuts. It was a great moment just for NMU. I, I was just glad that his his teammates insisted that he went through the celebration mm-hmm. line because he re- he was just content with just like this minor celebration. But they insisted that he goes through and does the fist bump to everybody, and that was cool to see. And, uh, and then Eli Tolvanen said mm-hmm. he needed to work on his celly. <laughs> you know, he was a pretty good celebrator. Yeah, he was pretty good. But you know, now how would you feel if you were his brother? If you score your first NHL goal, you're feeling really good about mm-hmm. yourself, and then your brother is the first goalie 
second in WCH history, 11th in college hockey history, to score a goal, and he completely takes the glory away from your goal and, oversha- and overshadows you. That, that, what a great <laughs> week for the Tolvanen family. I tell you what, yeah. I was happy for them, and I've got to work with both of them and interview both of them over the past few years, and they're a couple of great guys. They're a little bit reserved in some ways. I It doesn't surprise me a bit that Ate didn't want to go through the whole – celebration thing and i don't know if that's a personality thing that might just be a european thing yeah he's uh reserved he's uh they're both pretty reserved that might be more of a scandinavian thing Mm -hmm. but uh, i've interviewed ate quite a few times and he's very even killed i mean like i think during his shutout streak he started to smile more but he just (laughs) he takes his job very seriously Mm -hmm. which is good but it's just you, you try to get a little emotion out of him as it's you know, you have to kind of prod him to mm-hmm. <laughs> say anything like outlandish or something like that. But it's, you know, he's he's a great goalie. He's having a good year again, and he's with Northern's offensive struggles. He's kind of carrying the team right now. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, let's talk about how the team did as a whole last weekend. Before we get to this week's series, the arch rival with Michigan Tech. They were here Friday. We went up there on Saturday. Split with them. Each defended the home ice. Gotta imagine last week, even though it was a split, it was a win for Northern. They skated with a really good Michigan Tech team. They were the first team to beat them in conference play. Gotta think there's a lot of positives, and really, I know they split, but Northern probably won that weekend. Yeah, well, Grant said that Friday night was probably the best game that they played all year. They, you know, they were looking good on offense. They're playing well on defense. Yeah, Tech briefly had the lead, but Northern fired back, and you know, they just they didn't quit. And that was good for them. And then even in Houghton, they didn't play all that bad. You know, they had a goal that was disallowed, (laughs) which I've seen the replays, and it shouldn't have been. Now Mm -hmm. people have been asking me about that and said, like, what was the reasoning behind it? And I've never been able to get a straight answer this week why it was. I think the theory is that there was a guy in the crease. But even then, that's a really iffy, you know, case you got going for yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought maybe it was a makeup call because – Tech had a goal disallowed, so, hey, we'll return the favor and not give Northern a goal, too. I mean, because you hear that, you mm-hmm. know, in sports, especially at, like, so the high last night at Thursday yeah, Night Football. Yeah, it's like, oh, we made a bad call. Okay, now let's uh, – we'll, we'll give one to the other team, too, so we don't look as bad when really you look even worse because – you're making another bad call on a way to try to cover up your original bad <laughs> call. So, um, I, I mean, tech school, you can make – that was this loud. You can make the case it was goaltender interference. And after seeing the replay and talking to David Karnowski, who was, was the Houghton, he's the tech beat writer, and I was talking to him, and he said that it was pretty clear it was goaltender interference. So, But, you know, I tried to ask him – since he was physically present at the game, did he see anything on uh, NMU's goal? And he said, not really. I guess maybe the foot in the crease thing, but even yeah. then the foot in the crease wasn't even in there that long. So it was, I don't know. It's kind of a, it was a bad call in my opinion, but in the end, Northern would have lost anyway. So it was because, you know, they would have lost by one regardless. So, but, uh, I it, it it was a good weekend for them. I know the split's disappointing, but it's they they didn't play bad Saturday. You know, there's been a couple times this year where they've looked bad, where they didn't look bad, and uh, so they got a little bit of momentum. I think this is a, it's a key series this weekend because they have two weeks off before they play again. And as Grant told me, you want to have something positive to go into Christmas break because. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you you have two weeks off, but you're going to be thinking like, oh, we just got swept, or we, you know, should have swept them and ended up with a split, you know, something like that, and you're going to be thinking about that. You're not going to really be able to relax over your holiday, and then, you know, things might be a little tense when you go to the big Alaska trip, which... Heads up, hockey fans! Northern won't be at home after this weekend. Won't be at home again till the end of January. Mm. So, uh, hopefully, don't take revenge of this weekend because they got the Alaska trip and they have another road trip and they're on. So it's yeah, it's it's a long drought before they're back. But when they do come back, it's the fun goaltender showdown that I'm going to be hyping yes. up pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's an important weekend. You you look at Ferris just coming in, they're struggling. This year, they're not particularly playing that well. No. Um, their defense is bad. Mm-hmm. There's the thing. Northern's offense is also bad right now. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, you know, when you have a terrible offense right now facing a terrible defense. What team is going to show up and be better? Now, I think Northern's offense is more than capable of mm-hmm. putting up goals this weekend. So if they finally can, like, do it consistently like what they did Friday <laughs> against Michigan Tech, they can, you know, maybe get that spark going. Because as Grant pointed out in the press conference, that if you read my story today, shameless plug, <laughs> that's in the newspaper, you'll see that he was talking about how they were in the exact same spot last year, mm-hmm. and they ended up having this second half boost that just where they just exploded and finishing second, the conference for a brief week, we're first in the conference, you know, so they got that spark. And interestingly enough, their last series at home was against Ferris state Mm -hmm. who they swept. So, you know, it's almost like a mirror. Their offense was not doing so great in the first half of last year's season. Then it caught fire and it just, Everything came together. So maybe a sweep this weekend will give them what they need to maybe make a second-half run. I think they're going to get in the playoffs, and they'll be fine there. But, uh, you know, to knock down home ice early on or maybe start making the case that they could get, you know, climb up the pairwise ranking. It's not going to be easy now because all their non-conference games are over. But, you know, maybe if they can, you know, rattle off win streaks, that can help climb, you know, the pairwise rankings. So, big series this weekend. Ryan Steger, the Mining Journal, also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team in the studio with us. When you look at Northern this season, obviously hasn't got off to the start they were hoping for, maybe even anticipating at 7-10. and 10, But they're 6-4 and four in conference play, and right now that's good for fifth. Taking a look at the WCHA standings right now, Minnesota State way out in front. I think we all kind of thought that would happen they have 27 then Michigan Tech with 26 after that it's a little more balanced Bowling Green's at 22 points then Lake State has 19 and Northern and pretty much everybody else has two games in hand on them Northern with 18 points two ahead of Bemidji four ahead of Alaska then Ferris Huntsville and Anchorage so you got to pick up points where you can with Ferris you look at them I expected more out of this Ferris team this year I didn't know that they'd be a team that could contend for the Western Conference but I expected more out of them. I didn't think they'd be four and eleven and two and seven in conference play I, this weekend. I, I I thought they'd be better, but I didn't think they'd be contending. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd you know they'd get in the playoffs. Uh, Ferris has Ferris has been down since they made that uh, tournament yeah. run uh, that where they almost made the Frozen Four. Sh- shocking would have shocked everybody. What year <laughs> was it? Was it 2011? They did make it. Uh, it was 2012 where they 2012. made the made the national championship game, mm-hmm. and then. 
I, I believe it was what 2015 or 16. I can't remember, but they were they got the they won the WCHA tournament, mm-hmm. got the at large men, pulled an upset in the first round, and I think came close to winning their the regional. So they're they're that capable team that can always do damage. But the last couple of years, they've been kind of down, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what that is. Could be injuries, could be just, you know, they took a dive on talent. Now, Corey Mackin's one of the best defenders in the league, maybe in the country. He's very dangerous. They're gonna, Northern's going to be keeping their eye on him. Um, strangely enough, defensemen are their leading point scorers this mm. year, which is weird. Usually you'll have, like, maybe in the your top three, you'll have one defenseman who's having, you know, a pretty good year, kind of like Phil Ballou was having mm. last year, but it's rare that you have your top three, but uh, I guess that's just where their mindset is. And a lot of those are coming from assists. They're not scoring a lot of goals. Um, so, I don't know. It's, they're a, a weird team. Oh, weird is a great way to describe it, but they are. Because they're just, you know, it, they should be better than they are. Their offense should be better. Their defense should be better. They're, but they're getting by maybe mm. it's like they're not having a horrendous year they're not having as great a year as they should like they're not anchorage level they're not huntsville's a team where i don't know what happened mm. i had them you know they they looked like a team on the rise last year they got their first ever wch playoff win came against northern in a game that northern didn't look all that great and you know that was i thought would be like a spark for them you know like hey we finally got that win let's see if we can build on this you know they made the playoffs last year let's see if maybe i didn't think they'd you know get home ice or anything but instead of the 7th seed maybe they could get the 6th seed or mm-hmm. the 5th seed you know something like that and they're ter- and they're terrible this year now granted the year's half over so there's still there's still a lot of time left mm-hmm. but they're a a mystery to me, you know, mm-hmm. and like Ferris is a mystery. It's like teams that you thought would be better than they are, aren't good right now. And the teams that you maybe thought wouldn't be as good, like Michigan tech are somehow playing very well right now. So who knows? College hockey is weird and, uh, which makes it fun, but also frustrating from an analyst position. <laughs> Cause you think you have an idea how the season's going to shake out. And then in the first half, it's, you always end up wondering what's going on. So, after this weekend, no more home hockey at the Barry until the end of January. All the more reason to get out there and support the team this weekend. Also, because tonight is the Toy for Tots donation night. During the game, you can bring your Toys for Tots and donate them to the Northern Michigan Hockey Program that's being put together by Grant Petolny and American Legion Bantam AA Hockey. They'll be collecting Toys for Tots this evening during the Northern Michigan Ferris State football game. We got to take a break, but you think that there's any Ferris State fans out there who just for one weekend might be paying attention to a Division II sport over D1 with the Bulldog football team playing for a national championship? You could actually make that case. You know, mm-hmm. Ferris, I think, you know, I'll say it, I think they're going to win the national think championship. So. Yeah, 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 I do, I do. I think, uh, you know, they won the D2 basketball title. They won't, they'll win the D2 football title, you know. I mean, I mean, what a big boost to that university mm-hmm. so i think there's gonna be more eyes on that um however um fair states meet radio crew is coming up this weekend they're good guys i know them really well so i'm looking forward to meeting them so the coverage will be there mm-hmm. but i imagine the fans might be eyes will be looking towards the other direction so 
Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal with us. We'll take a timeout. Red Wings are back on the ice tonight. They take on the Senators, and they have somebody back as well. They have a familiar face joining their lineup. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. We're joined by Ryan Stieg, beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team, as well as writer for the Mining Journal. Glad that you're with us as we get set to break down hockey a little bit further. This time we switch to the pro level. Red Wings are back at Little Caesars tonight, 14-14-4. They take on the equally about as average Ottawa Senators at 13-15-4. Although Ottawa gets a boost to their lineup, Bobby Ryan expected to be back for them. Yeah, uh, one of my wife's favorite players will be mm. back for them. Uh, Why she, is that? Uh, she, she he used to play for the Ducks, mm-hmm. which is my wife's favorite team. Mm. So always one of her flares, and I guess she said he wears a slight resemblance to me. I don't mm. know where that's coming <laughs> from. I think it is a compliment. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I, I wish I was a spectacular NHL player <laughs> and a high draft pick. But, yeah, um, she – yeah, she likes him. He's her. Uh, he's her favorite player. So, um, but it's the great thing that the Wings are coming in this game. You know, they they met last month, and the Wings lost two to one. But they've had two two days to rest this time. You know, they've been play, They had seven games in eleven days. Wings are just that can do a number on you. You know, when you're playing that many games in a short period of time. I mean, you, you can even look at the. Uh, the enemy women's basketball team. Trey mm-hmm. Matson said in the press conference that he's looking forward to having a time off because the players need it. I mean, as as conditioned as you are as a college athlete, you're a professional athlete, it can wear on you. You're you know, if you're in the paint or you're on the ice, you're gonna get hit, you're gonna be bumped, you're bruised, you're you know, maybe some sprains you gotta get over to. So just having a couple days will help recuperate you. And I think the ones are, wings are gonna come out hot tonight. I'm looking at this Bobby Ryan picture, then looking over at you across the street. Now, now I'm starting to see it. Oh, a you're starting to more. see it? Yeah. I'm okay. starting to see it a little more the more that I look at this Bobby Ryan picture on my phone. I, okay. I Googled it. I don't have pictures of Bobby Ryan in my phone. Okay. But yeah, the Red Wings tonight getting to take on an Ottawa team that has been up and down. They've been a major disappointment uh, on that comparison if you look back to when they were an overtime period away from reaching the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know how you can collapse like that, go from being a potential Stanley Cup champion to just completely falling flat. Uh, What did, I think they did their rankings of the worst. Yeah, Deadsman did their uh, worst, (laughs) worst owners in the year 2018, and uh, they were in the top five. I can believe it. Yeah, so yeah, the Senders owners are not very good at their jobs, but uh, you know, I they're they're another team that you wonder what's going on. Here's Mm -hmm. here's a stat for you: they allow an average of 3.91 goals a game, which Mm -hmm. is last in the NHL. So, huge opportunity for the Wings tonight, you know, just like for Northern with, you know, with Fair State, you got a terrible defensive team, <laughs> you know, it's a great chance for a win, like Northern, great chance for a sweep, so it's, there's an opportunity right there tonight, so the Wings need to take advantage of them. 
you think about Craig Anderson, he's a capable enough goalie. And I mean, I like had, Craig Anderson. Yeah, but you had guys like Eric Carlson, who was an offensive-minded defenseman in front of him. You take him away, and what do you have up there protecting him? I don't know that I pin as much of that on Craig Anderson. His days, mm-hmm. his best days of hockey are certainly mm-hmm. behind him. Mm-hmm. He's not getting any younger or healthier, but he doesn't have a whole lot of help in front of him right now. So Red Wings are a team that can score the puck. They're going to have to. The you know Craig Anderson's one of those goaltenders that's been in the league for a long time, and he's very he's a very good goaltender. He's he, I mean he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not going to be the goalie that mm. carries you to a cup, but he'll give you wins. Yeah, he, he, he can, Yeah, he's he's very good goaltender. The problem is he's not getting the support he needs, so his stats look awful when it's not really his fault. So, um, but yeah, great chance for the Wings to get tonight. I think, and I think they do it. Um, you know, they're going to be a little well-rested. They'll be, you know, get a little more jump in their skates. I think they do it tonight. Um, of course, my green is going yes. to be out for a long period of time. Three to five weeks with an undisclosed lower body injury. Lashoff sent down to Grand Rapids. Uh, Philip Ronick is up, and he's in the lineup tonight against Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, green foot slash ankle mm. is what the termination That's is. That's pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> and, or, and then Jonathan Erickson is an undisclosed injury right now and i hate that as a writer standpoint when they are so vague with an injury it's like just say what it is you know i mean i know you don't want people to think it you know if it's serious you kind of don't want people to know about it you want but just at least say what it is Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like i mean if he broke his ankle i can understand you don't want to say he broke it but at least say it's his ankle i mean i don't know why that cast to disclose lower body, body injury. injury that can mean a lot of things. yeah it can be your leg it can be your foot it could be your hip it could be like anything you know where's the cutoff point that they would say this is lower body this is upper body do they have a middle of the body undisclosed middle body injury i've never heard of that but what what's the cutoff point here from a medical standpoint? I would think waistline below would be considered lower body injury. That's probably what I'd go with. And like maybe like your abdomen would would be considered the middle body mm-hmm. injury as you. As, but I've never heard of that. Yeah, before. yeah, but know you know, it's thing. like you know, but you know, the medical thing, and you know, my wife's a nurse, and she laughs when she hears this because you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a HIPAA violation if you mm-hmm. say like what the guy's problem is. You know, it's not like a secret, mm-hmm. but uh, it's. That's frustrating from a writer standpoint. But another guys are out too. Danny DeKazer, his hand. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mantha, his hand. Darren Helm has a shoulder injury. <laughs> I mean, not good. No. But for the wings. But they're playing an awful, an awful defensive Senators team. So there's a chance to get the win, even if you don't, if you have some injuries. A really good segue talking about medical disclosures and what have you to go into Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been diagnosed with a fractured vertebrae in his back, but I'm not sure that I totally believe that, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be too much of a conspiracy theorist or what have you. I think the Eagles are waving the white flag. They know they suck. They know they are one of the worst defending champions in recent memory, maybe all of sports, and they are doing something to get out of this because here's the deal. I've struggled with vertebrae problems in my neck and my back, and shout out to Dr. Uh, Mike, Dr. B, Heather, all those in my chiropractor's office taking great care of me. Those are no fun, and I've had some just come out of place, and it feels, it it hurts to take a breath. Mm -hmm. It feels like something's stabbing you. 
a fractured vertebrae and you're getting hit every day by guys like J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald multiple times over a three-hour period and you're not even going to need surgery? All you got to do is rest. They're telling him all he needs is rest. This is not what's going on with it. They're looking for some kind of a scapegoat either. They're going to blame their chances of not being able to climb back in the postseason on Carson Wentz being out. That'll be their scapegoat for the next few years. Or they're going to test the market for Nick Foles. They're going to try and raise his stock a little bit, see if they can bring in something really nice for him. Because they've hit and missed on a huge trade this year in Golden Tate. That trade didn't work out for anybody. It didn't work out for the Eagles, the Lions, or Golden Tate. And now they want to see if they can have a second chance by seeing if they can get some for Nick Foles. I like how you're like thinking of a footing on your tin hat, <laughs> your tin foil hat, mm-hmm. thinking about conspiracies. I, uh, I mean, I can get your case. I, you know, because rest seems like a weird treatment plan for a fractured vertebra. But uh, I just <sighs> talk about a flop for mm-hmm. the Eagles. I mean, you're just you win the Super Bowl. You're predicted to be the one of the front runners to win it again. And now you look like you're going to miss the playoffs altogether. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just resting him. Maybe have a fresh start next year. Um, have Foles finish the year. Maybe market him a little more. I would have thought, like, after winning the Super Bowl, I would have been another more of a marketable That would have been thing. the time to sell high. Yeah, it's, I, I still don't know why the Eagles did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I mean, you, I mean yeah, you 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 name Carson Wentz your starter. He's he's your future guy. But your backup just won you a Super Bowl. Wouldn't you try to market that guy a little mm-hmm. more? Be like, hey, this guy can outduel Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Does anybody want him? Does anybody want to pay for him? Because there's terrible teams out there. You'd be more than happy to have Nick Foles as a quarterback. Right now, Case Keenum is a starting quarterback. So is Blake Bortles and Josh Johnson. Joe Flacco was for most of this season. Yeah. So I think a lot of people would be okay with having Nick Foles as their quarterback. I think the Vikings would be okay with it after what happened with Kirk Cousins this year. Oh, Kirk. Yeah. What happened to you? Talk about throwing a bunch of money at a guy who hasn't lived up to expectations. $84 million man. Yeah. Ah, oh, painful. But it just I, I just don't get it. I mean, how – <laughs> I mean, more than I mean, you look at Oakland; they'd be thrilled to have Nick yeah, Foles. They would. I mean, they're just—it's—it it, was a chance for the Eagles to make a lot of money off this, and Nick Foles could get out of being a backup role because I imagine as much of a team player he is, that's got to annoy him. Because <laughs> hey, I just gave the Eagles their first Super Bowl title, and I'm sitting here on the bench not getting a chance to play at all. So I. I would imagine he's going to want to go elsewhere after this mm-hmm. year. So, you know, it, there is a chance to market him a little more. Maybe get some some more money. I would think winning a Super Bowl would probably be the big determining factor. I mean, look what the the Giants did with Jeff Hostetler mm-hmm. in the 90s. Phil Simms is their guy. Jeff Hostetler won them the Super Bowl. Actually, I'd say Scott Norwood missing the field goal is what won the Giants the Super Bowl. But he, you know, he got a big deal with the Raiders coming off of that. So, and the Giants got a lot of money off of that. Mm-hmm. So, I I just don't understand why they're doing why they didn't do that. I'm hoping Foles will find a better spot cuz I, I I feel like he's unappreciated as a quarterback that he there was a time where he was a hot commodity. Yeah, there was. And then he started to struggle and he was put on the back burner a lot of people, but he merged again in the playoffs. 
I, I just I hope he finds someplace better. That's just my feeling. What about these three quarterbacks that could very well be the hot commodity of quarterbacks on the free agent wire this offseason between Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, and Derek Carr? I know two out of those three have Super Bowl rings. Derek Carr is the odd man out. But if it were up to me, it's close. Carr would be the guy I'd go with. Really? Mm. Why is that? I like, I like him a lot. I like the way he plays. I think he fits into any kind of offensive style. He's been consistent. He's proven himself to be consistent throughout. He gives his team a chance to win week in and week out. I don't pin the Raiders' lack of success outside of one season a couple of years ago on him, necessarily as the pieces around him. To me, he's been more consistent than the other two. The other two have ridden quality talent around them to Super Bowl championships. They did their part when they were there, and they earned it, and you can't take that away from them. But Derek Carr, I think, gives you the best chance to win out of those three. Would is Joe Flacco elite? Not I'm gonna, anymore. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing that up because there was, was a, there was that trend where everybody was talking about it. So no, he's not. Let's put that idea more. But if um, ever. yeah, I I can understand the case for Derek Carr. I would go more Foles personally, mm-hmm. just because he's coming off that, mm-hmm. and I you know you kind of want to see what he can do. And he's, right? and he's younger. Joe Flacco's on his slide. Yeah, I mean, he, he just got he lost his job to Lamar Jackson. Do you want to go after a guy who just lost his job? instead of a guy like Nick Foles, who was unappreciated at his job and is sitting there probably as much of a nice guy as I'm sure he's stewing on the bench mm-hmm. going, why am I still here? So I would go either Foles or Carr over Nick, Nick over the Foles or Carr over Joe Flacco, even though Flacco was the talk of the league for a period of time. But that was 2013. That was five years ago. It's like you eventually the the sun starts stops shining on you mm-hmm. and goes in another direction and you're sitting in, on the cold so i would go for those two two questions for you before we go to break and one of them's a two-parter if you're the washington redskins and alex smith's injury really is as bad as they're fearing it could be who do you bring in as a quarterback next season and the other part the two-part question is will these backup quarterbacks ever get a shot to start in the NFL again? Brock Osweiler and Teddy Bridgewater. Brock Osweiler. Well, do you want me to do the Redskins one first? Well, okay, one we'll, we'll, right, we'll, we'll do the Redskins ones first. I think they'll go after Derek Carr mm-hmm. just because Redskins don't like the whole, you know, you don't want to give a guy from a division rival kind of thing. Um, so the NFC East is weird in that regard. Of course, the Redskins are so inept as a franchise. I imagine they they could skip all three of them and go in a completely different direction and grab some guy, some journeyman quarterback that has been lost on people's minds for a while. Brock Osweiler, no. I think Teddy Bridgewater will mm-hmm. just because he got a raw deal. Mm-hmm. It's not like he started to slide, like he's went from good to terrible. Yep. He just... He blew out his knee. He came back. He's 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 still a good quarterback. I think he gets a shot somewhere. Brock Eisler has proved that he's not a starting quarterback <laughs> multiple times. Like now. the Kyle Orton of he, this decade. Yeah, it's like he's he's there, but he just he's just there. It's mm-hmm. like he's physically present at the time on a roster, but he's not really of any use for anybody. Whereas Bridgewater. He got a raw deal. I think someone will give him a chance because he deserves a chance. You, for me, you, I hate it when guys get out of injury when they look like they're going to merge 
you know, and we had a huge argument on this, me and Blake and a bunch of other guys, the TV guys, whether, um, we'll, we'll save that from another time. We were talked about if you have an injury, are you considered a bust or not? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think Bridgewater is a better chance. And what was the second question you had? Sorry. That was it. Oh, that was it. and Osweiler. Okay. I who, thought, would, who would they? Okay. I, I, I think it would be Bridgewater, yeah. Bridgewater could make it in the NFL again. That's Ryan Steak of the Mining Journal, and that's his thoughts on the quarterback situation going around the league. We'll take a break, but we'll stick with football. We'll come back. How did last night's victory for the L.A. Chargers affect the NFL landscape? And the Friday Funnies. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops along with Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal and the Northern Michigan men's hockey team beat writer. Here is your Sports Center update. Nebraska will play Stanford for the NCAA Volleyball Championship tomorrow night in Minneapolis. They have combined for 12 titles. Somebody is going to make it 13 tomorrow evening at the Target Center. Nice comeback win for Nebraska yeah, last night. Yeah, over Illinois, down two sets, coming back for the reverse sweep. Speaking of Minneapolis, the Gophers extend P.J. Fleck one more season through 2023. They'll be rowing the boat up there following their 6-6 six and six season and no. heading to Detroit. I no. wish you could see how red Ryan's face <laughs> is getting. I, it bothers me to no end, but continue your sports center. And finally, Michael Jordan explains his love tap on Malik Monk as a situation where siblings act like brothers. That was his explanation for slapping Malik Monk for receiving a technical foul against the Pistons the other night. Yeah, I thought it was more like a dad smacking his kid on the side of the head. But uh, in regard to P.J. Fleck, I don't understand it. I we Weren't we talking about it yesterday? Uh, Row. Yeah, I just don't. Bro. It's Why an extension? Mm-hmm. I mean, he got one last year, and he didn't even make the postseason. No. <laughs> and this year he went fifth, six and six and got a bull bid to Detroit and gets a year contract extension. I, as, a, as a native Minnesotan, I did not grow up like a huge Gopher fan, mm. but I imagine that a Gopher football fan has to be a miserable experience because to watch them continue to throw money at mediocrity. Now, will he eventually get them some player? I think that he has the possibility to, but is he deserved I, I don't. You just signed him to a big deal, a bad year. You give him more money than a mediocre year, and you give him more money. It's just. I mean, if he goes seven and five next year, mm-hmm. are you going to get him a two-year extension? <laughs> he's been there what two seasons, and he's gotten two contract extensions with a career record of eleven and thirteen. Yes. That's go for football. They're not even a basketball school. They no, can't no. say we're a basketball school too. Yeah, they're a hockey school. But they I mean, weren't last year. They, but they weren't again. last year, and they are again. But it's just, I I don't get it. Like, just imagine, like if you're a Michigan fan or a state fan, mm-hmm. and your school that you love continues to do what the Gophers do. I do not love the Gophers, but as a native Minnesotan, it makes me bang my head against my desk because it just, I I don't get it. They they embrace. Mediocrity, uh, mediocrity like it's Throw an accomplishment boat. it's like no the boat is sinking it's got a leak that needs Quit to rowing. be plugged yeah it's like it's spinning in circles in the middle of the lake it just 
Oh, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, it's, and you're going to Detroit now. As I put in my column last week, I love Detroit. Mm. I, I've been there three times. It's a great city. I, I go, I love going there. But if that's your reward, you know, mm. is to spend the holidays in a snowy city, that you know, it's, I mean, it's almost like. Like I said, it's like someone went up and said, congratulations, there's a punch in the face. <laughs> it's like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But that's enough about my rage at PJ Fleck. <laughs> Does it frustrate you when you see Michigan fans calling for Harbaugh's head after yeah, going 10-2? Yeah, and two? yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's what makes people upset. And it's like, just imagine if the athletic department at Michigan threw money at someone for going 6-6. Six and six. Mm. I imagine your tune would change. Ryan Steed for the Mining Journals in studio with us. The Gophers are going to keep rowing the boat. We're going to keep moving on with the sports mm-hmm. pen. Friday funnies. We kind of got into it with Michael Jordan and the love tap that he gave Malik Monk after rushing the floor too early. There was still three-tenths of a second left in the game. Got his team a technical technical foul. Nearly cost the team a game. Michael Jordan, the team owner, gives him a slap on the head. The media, I don't know, some say they took it out of context. Some say that, you know, Jordan slap the guy and some say it was just a playful thing jordan says it was a playful thing but you got to remember this is the same guy that once punched steve kerr (laughs) jordan's probably arguably the most competitive athlete ever Mm -hmm. like he takes everything so seriously and which is it's both admirable and kind of creepy at the same Mm -hmm. time but like everything's like even like I imagine like playing foosball with his kids oh, as to be a terrible experience, <laughs> you know, if you're a kid of his. But uh, it's just for those who didn't see it, Hornets make a, they make a shot that beats the buzzers. A little bit of time left, a chance to the, for the Pistons throw up like a miracle shot, and Malik Moog decides to run onto the court and celebrate, and ends up drawing a technical foul, which not only gives the the Pistons a chance to make the free throw, which they did, mm-hmm. but a chance have a, a closer shot to, to, to at the you know and it just it was so dumb <laughs> it's hard to describe but he came back and jordan's yelling at him like what are you doing and he's trying to give his justification and jordan just smacks him on the back of the head and it's like i i see that not as more of a brother thing more like a dad like your kid just did something remarkably mm-hmm. stupid and it's like you're smacking him on the back of the head like what's wrong with you <laughs> it's not quite latrell sprewell choking out his coach back yeah, in yeah, 97 no. when he did that to pj Carlismo. but it's it's like a you know like do better next time <laughs> kind of a thing. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it wasn't like an intense, like punch to the face or something like that, but it was just more like a, what are you doing? You're dumb. Don't do that again. Kind of a thing. And to reemphasize the point kind of a thing. It, uh, but yeah, that was, that was one of my funnies. I'll get to more of them later. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep going through them. Ohio state university. I mentioned this Wednesday. Anyone who's listening to the show then would know this. Ohio State doesn't have a college football playoff to look forward to. They still get the Rose Bowl, but no shot for national championship this year. However, they are ahead of the pack because on Wednesday, Ohio State University installed a vending machine on campus that serves exclusively bacon. Bacon vending machine on campus. You know, I I, I can see people embracing that because I'm a person who loves bacon. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love bacon. You know, and... Now, here's the question. Is this like in packages? 
Like where you have to go exactly. Home. Yeah, yeah, do you have to go home and cook this on your own, or is this like actual fresh bacon? Because you know you see vending machines, especially like overseas, where you get fresh pizza out of it. You order your pizza order, they put the toppings on it, they cook in a microwave oven. It like takes like two minutes, and you get fresh pizza. Now, do they have a little fryer in beneath the vending machine that, here, here's a pack of bacon. We're going to fry it up in like two minutes. And then here, you get fresh bacon. So I don't know what they I highly idea. doubt that. <laughs> but still, I mean, it's like, okay, I get bacon now, but now I have to go back, unwrap it, and cook it in my own frying pan. It seems, I like the idea behind it. It seems like a waste. But. Good road trip down to Columbus and try it. Just see what that's like. I was going to ask you, college football playoff, how long is it going to take to get eight, eight teams? Because they actually, earliest year, yeah, earlier this week, the Athletics said that there's Conference commissioners, ADs, they're very annoyed with mm-hmm. the fact that the SEC has, continues to have this domination with it. They don't like that UCF is frequently on the outside looking in. They're looking for fairness. And someone said, well, the contract is through another six years. And I think it was Bob Bowlesby said, we don't need to wait six years. No. We can do it now and then you know, change that or buy out the contract mm-hmm. or whatever. So... I think it happens. I think it happens sooner or later. I hope it does. Yeah, yeah. I I give it a couple of years because you know it's people want it, the fans want it. You they know, do. there's an uproar over it. I mean, it was great that they came up with four teams. It was a nice step after being dumb for so such a long period of time. But it's like it, it's not going to go beyond eight because after you hit eight, it's like you don't have a legit claim if you're if you're ninth i mean what's your claim to be mm-hmm. in the playoff whereas if you're fifth and you have one loss as the fourth you can make the taste or if you're undefeated like ucf you can say hey we should be in it because we finished undefeated and they're on like a what like a 24 or something win streak right. so it's like there's more of an argument whereas i think 18 will put all those arguments 18 playoff will turn the arguments to bed but. this year you have at least two teams legit national title contenders that aren't going to get their shot maybe three if you want to include ucf the argument <laughs> with an 18 playoff becomes do you want to put Michigan or Washington in? and that all depends on whether you do automatic bids or just based on talent depending if Michigan or Washington gets it mm-hmm. but really would either of those teams contend for a national championship this year it, it, you're not leaving anybody out who's going to contend for a title you're not but it's just it, it, it what needs to go to because it's like the Pac-12 could have their team mm-hmm. in there and you know you can throw all the champions in there you could just go by rankings it was actually a fun debate that happened the other way it was on College Football Live mm-hmm. where Jonathan Vilma and uh, the other guy I can't remember his name were going back and forth on who should be in the 18 playoff and I got really spirited because it like now the fans want it and it's like okay how did we determine the 18 playoff so I think it's going to get that way. It's not going to take six years. It's going to be probably in the next couple. Just imagine if it happens next year, if there's a Mm. debate over this, then it's going to really heat up. So it's going to happen sooner rather than later. But I thought I'd ask you, since you're wearing the Notre Dame college football playoffs, you know, how are you feeling about it? But I I want it to happen, and I hope it happens sooner rather than later. If they really want to make this happen, they could do it by tonight. They could have a format (laughs) done by tonight if they really want it to happen. But uh, it's all going to come down to the dollar. It's going to come down to money and contracts and television contracts with ESPN and any other groups on to be in it they'll have to eliminate the big the championship games and try mm-hmm. to deal with fox who broadcasts it and they're going to want their money back and all mm-hmm. that jazz so but i think it's going to happen they can do it now that's it's all about how to fix the financial problems but uh in regard 
to the Friday Funnies. Yes. Yes. Uh, some, there's some good stuff. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot last week, but there's some good stuff this week. The Phoenix Suns owner is trying to get money from the people of Phoenix to get a new arena. Mm-hmm. The people of Arizona had to sell off their state capitol building. And this guy wants money for an arena. So as this lady comes up to the city council and says, this guy has done nothing to improve this team in the 14 years he's owned it. He's never given a lot of money into it. He's never gone out to try to buy good free agent players. So you said, and she ends the argument by saying, he's so tight, he squeaks when he walks on the floor. <laughs> I thought it was a great way to put it. And sometimes you need a feisty person there to try to get an argument in place. Phoenix does not want to give him money. No. And he He's, he's now saying, well, I'm not, I'm not threatening. Yeah, he's backing down now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to move. And it's like, because you're not going to get what you want. So that's a fun story. Other one, nobody wants to play with Maroon 5 on no. the halftime concert uh, at the Super Bowl. For those who don't know, that's the act. Lady Gaga was in Super Bowl 51 in Houston. Last year was Justin Timberlake. Now they got Maroon 5. And they're trying to get someone to play with them because it's not really a popular pick. But nobody wants to do it. So now... Like, was it like Atlanta sent out a tweet yesterday? The Mercedes Benz Twitter handle sent out like a tribute to SpongeBob. Yeah. So now people are like, "Ooh, are they going to do a tribute to SpongeBob?" Do the Bubble Bowl song, "Sweet Victory." Yeah, so, I'd be all for that. Yeah, something like that, or you know, throwing in the SpongeBob theme song where the whole crowd sings along with them. I don't know what they're going to do. I just think it's funny that nobody wants. They're trying to get Rihanna. Rihanna said no. They're trying to get Cardi B. They, mm. you know, no there. So I, I. You know, it's just funny how Maroon 5 has fallen. I actually liked them back in the day. I didn't mind them. Mm-hmm. They they had some good songs, but just they're like that band that's there, mm-hmm. you know, and you wonder how they're still there, and you wonder it's probably because Adam Levine's on the board <laughs> and the voice, and that's still their marketing thing. Horace Grant, Chicago Bulls great, kind of mentally fell apart. Mm-hmm. After the, you know, they were saying Jabari Parker's, out of the lineup for the Bulls, mm. and he has this sad look on his face, and he's and then he was just talking about, and he's listing a bunch of soap operas and saying, the Bulls are like a soap opera now, and he's saying, I hope and pray that we get it together. And I heard that, and I'm like, that's just a broken guy who's given up on the franchise. <laughs> on the air, has basically said, I give up on this team. <laughs> And that, that that's sad to see because he, he loves the Bulls and, mm-hmm. you know, he played well for them and he deserves better. The Blues, for those who didn't know, the St. Louis Blues are having players fight in practice. And it's not just an isolated incident. It's happened quite a few times. The roster seems to hate each other. Mm. So in a chance to remedy this, the Blues put a puppy onto the ice. Now, the puppy, for those who don't know, is being trained to be a, uh, a service dog, like a seeing-eye dog or helping veterans who are coming back, you know, kind of getting, you know, like we're a emotionally support dog. Mm-hmm. So they have the puppy running on the ice. He's carrying around sticks. He's jumping and biting on pads, and it's trying to remedy the situation to try to not have the players sit so angry at each other. Since they introduced the puppy... Things have quieted down. Mm-hmm. I imagine the puppy can only last so, so long because he eventually has to complete his training as a service dog. So they're going to take the puppy away, and then they're all going to start punching each other again. Things are rough in St. Louis right now. And St. Louis has always been that franchise that seems on the cusp of finding su- success, mm-hmm. winning the Stanley Cup, and they don't get there. Nope. And I don't know if it's a jinx or whatever, but they always come short. The closest they've come 
I think in the 90s, remember when Gretzky was on their team mm. and, uh, you know, they came short against the Blues, uh, against the Red Wings. The Red Wings made the cup. So I think that was it. And then they came to the Western Conference Finals against the Sharks a couple of years ago, and the Sharks prevailed. So two teams that needed to be in the cup finals after all these years, the Sharks got in there, so the Blues are once again on the outside. So now they've reached the point where they're fighting within each other, and that's disappointing. But maybe the puppy will help keep them last a little longer other the raiders still don't know where they're playing next no. year they're going to vegas mm -hmm. in two years they're gonna have a new stadium what are they gonna do next year because oakland doesn't want them anymore no so what are you gonna do in that one season before your stadium's built in vegas when you got one team who will not give you a new stadium mm -hmm. and is very angry you're leaving and now you're like hmm what are you going to do? So they're thinking, well, maybe they'll play at UNLV's stadium, which used to host XFL games. So I guess maybe they're capable of doing that. But still, though, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like it's one of those things where I'm going to leave, I'm going to take my ball, and I'm going to go somewhere else, but I don't have that place to go. So I'm, I'm so angry and so passionate about this that I don't really think it through, and now I don't know what I'm doing. No so Reggie McKenzie anymore. This is Gruden's team. He's 100% got control. What are you going to do now, Chucky? I, I don't know, but you trust him, so who knows? I, <laughs> I did trust him at first. Now I'm starting to have second thoughts. Yeah, it's just... They, they don't know what they're doing, and the Raiders are going to be a mess for a while simply because they didn't really think through this decision. But it makes me laugh. Um, just like the Chargers potentially hosting the AFC title yep. game and having a soccer stadium. But Stephen A. Smith, you yeah, heard boy. about this. Yep. The joke is that Stephen A. Smith doesn't watch football, that mm -hmm. all he cares about is basketball. And he was assigned to hype up the game last night and showed he has no idea what he was talking about. And he didn't. No, he uh, mentioned a guy, Spencer Ware, who's going to play. you got to watch him play. He has a foot injury. Mm -hmm. Then he mentions a guy who has a torn ACL, and he's not going to play. Nope. And then he mentions Derek Johnson, who is no longer on the team and isn't even in the league anymore. He also called him the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they haven't been in San Diego for a year now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I mean, you can make the argument how bad Stephen A. Smith is, but you'd, he didn't help his case <laughs> in any way with that. Here's uh, the thing. So, I mean, Stephen A.'s loud and he's in your face, but mm -hmm. he's smart. Or at mm -hmm. least he was. And then Will <laughs> Kane took him down a few weeks ago, and he hasn't been the same since. Now everybody's getting on top of Stephen mm -hmm. A. He was at one point. I, like St I love Will Kane. I mean, he, he might be one of my favorite shows to listen to, not just in sports, but in anything. And, man, he let Stephen A. have it. It's, and it's not hard. I think there was such a long fight with him and Bayless, and people mm -hmm. hated that show, or they hate-watched it, which I don't understand that. It's like if you really hate the people on the show, why are you watching the show? It's like when people tell me they hate-watch The Bachelor or the Keeping right. Up with the Kardashians. It's like if you don't like the people, why are you watching it? All you're doing is giving them money <laughs> and giving them the attention they desire. Uh, we talked about Jordan smacking the player, which I thought was funny. This is probably the story that... I posted on Facebook last night, and it frustrated me because yes. I lived in Indianapolis, and <clears throat> they know how to count there in that city. They know how to do play basic games, but two people struggled with tic-tac-toe in such epic fashion, it's hard to describe. So it's the, it's the halftime entertainment. People know teams do wacky stuff at halftime, so they're going to have guys make baskets 
and play tic-tac-toe. Okay, you make a basket, you take yours, and you fill a space. Then you got to go back, make another basket, and you try to see who can get tic-tac-toe the fastest. These two had no idea what they were doing. They both make their first baskets and pick a space. Then the idea is they're going to try to block each other on the second shot instead of like trying to fill the space that they have next so they can have two. And then the third time it happens, they try to block each other again. So here's their last chance. And by that time, they've messed it up so bad that nobody actually wins the game. The guy who's announcing and trying to get people hyped for it is practically screaming at them. He, at one point, he yells, what are you doing? And he becomes so frustrated because the game's gone completely off the rails. And he doesn't know what to do at the end. So he says, you know what? It's a tie. Nobody wins. And he basically helps both of them off the court. <laughs> and I'm watching this, and I'm like, did these guys flunk first grade? Because it's like, I learned how to play that in first grade. And it, it's an easy game to master. But for these two, it was like it was like brain surgery or something <laughs> there. Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal. We owe you one more time out. We'll finish this thing off after this on ESPN-UP. Sports pen on ESPN UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Jibboy Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Dan Herb's with you, joined by Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. Ryan, I didn't put this into the Friday Funnies. I probably should have. Okay. Manny Diaz got hired as the new head football coach at Temple yesterday. Ed Foley, the <laughs> interim coach for Temple. The most motivational guy. This dude gets so hyped, probably too hyped to be playing in the Shreveport Independence Bowl against Duke. But this guy's my favorite. Take a listen. Our football team is going to come down here ready to play. We're going to practice really hard. We're going to play really hard. I hope that we play well, but I know that we'll play hard. And we're going to find out about Duke, and we're going to find out about Temple, and we're going to find out about which one of those football clubs wants to hit each other harder and longer. That's what we're going to decide here. And while we're, while we're getting ready to do that, I hope that you see the finest group of young men that's ever been through Shreveport. I hope you have a chance to see them hold a door open for you or say thank you for being here or be truly appreciative because, guys, I love this team. And I love these players, and I know you will too when you get around them. Please, get around our players. They are going to love you. They are going to love Shreveport, and you're going to love them. And they are going to be so appreciative of being here. Guys, it's going to be one of the greatest teams that you've ever had here, I promise you that. So we're fired up to be here. Thank you to everybody for having us. Yeah, that's enough of that. We're running out of time. But he's so hyped to be the interim coach at a bowl game he had the job for one day for they already had a replacement this guy is the motivational speaker that gets you ready to do stuff it was it was too funny i love it hey uh afc last night how that picture changed we've only got about a minute left but we'll break down this quick i asked the fans i want to ask you what did philip rivers do for his mvp case with last night's game i think it definitely helped it but i feel like he's been overshadowed by Pat Mahomes mm -hmm. and by Drew Brees, you know, and <clears throat> although it helps to make your case later in the year, mm -hmm. some guys have been so good all year, they just kind of are still overshadowing him. I think if he does well in the playoffs, I think he might end up getting it. But as always with Phillip Rivers, what have you done in the playoffs? Yep. And 
the Chargers seem to always come up short in the playoffs. And unless if they they win their first game, I think that'll help. But if they don't, if they get bounced early, yeah. There's no way he's getting it. 40% of the vote says he's now top three in the NFL MVP race. Next popular choice was 26% for top five. No chance, 21%. 13% think he's the favorite. So a little bit of an interesting dynamic. A little bit dynamic. of a mix, yeah. A little bit of a mix. <clears throat> Ryan Stieg with us. That's all the time we have. Thanks again for tuning in. We're back at you on Monday at 4 here on ESPN-UP.